Hello, class. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. I hope everybody had a good holiday season, New Year's, etc., etc. I'm going to make this fast. For one thing, I'm hurting. I don't think anybody wants to hear me whine, but I had a pretty bad fall a little bit ago. I somehow stepped on one of Nathan's toys and it I just slid and I fell on my hip and knee and you know how you fall hard. We don't have any rugs here, it's just all hard floor. And I went boom and um I'm feeling the impact from it. So I see a um muscle relaxer and hot pad in the very near future. Nathan's in and out of here. You can hear him. No. No, they don't want to hear you. They did not tune in to hear you snort. So um, obviously you're here because you want to hear about Brian Koberger, who, as I'm sure you know, is the suspect. And that's very important that we keep that in mind, that he's the suspect, the arrested suspect in the Idaho murders, the quadruple murder in Idaho that took place in November. And literally every other podcast and YouTube channel has covered it. And I know I'm going to seem like a hypocrite because I don't know if it was, I think it was the last chat session I did. I literally said that I didn't speculate on cases or talk about things where nobody was convicted yet. But because this case is so popular right now, I feel like I can provide some insight into Brian Koberger because I share some similar circumstances to him and people have been speculating about that. And that would be obviously, in case you haven't caught on, that I have a PhD in criminal justice and he was in the PhD in criminology program. And people have heard all kinds of comments like, Wow, I bet he was studying to be a serial killer, or that's why he was going to school to learn how criminals think and learn how to commit the perfect crime. And after seeing that people, wow, people really think this, I think maybe I should say exactly what it is like to be a PhD student in criminal justice or criminology. So, That's basically why I'm doing that is I'm providing that education in that specific area. Um, First of all, the world of academia, meaning college, graduate school, is an entirely different world than the real world. They're like literally two different worlds. You've heard the jokes about eggheads and nerds in the ivory tower, and I've been in college regular undergrad. I've been in graduate school, and they're nothing alike. When you're in graduate school, you're older. Chances are you're paying for it by yourself. Your focus is on doing what you have to do and not, well, I'm only speaking for myself, on how many parties can I go to this week. I was really good at that, by the way, but unfortunately, they don't grade you based on that. My Report cards, on the other hand, in college weren't so good. But once you're in graduate school, and especially in a PhD program, it's totally different. 
if you think that you can learn how to be a serial killer or any other type of criminal from taking academic classes, you are very sadly mistaken. About 80% of what you do in grad school is write, write papers, papers and papers and more papers. You churn out papers constantly. You do research. A lot of people, depending on what your school was like, you have to do a master's thesis. I didn't have to do a thesis, but I did have to do a doctoral dissertation. Once you do your dissertation, that's literally your whole life is your dissertation. That's like you eat, sleep, and breathe your dissertation subject. And that, depending on your school, I think it took me about a year to do mine, but it's all consuming. I'll tell you what my graduate school experience was like. After I graduated from college, I went to a school that's near me that had a very good criminology program, was like famous for that. And I took two classes. I went full-time. And yeah, full-time was two classes. We met two nights a week. We had classes. So everything is different when you're in grad school. And you didn't have simple homework like, I don't even know what, because, well, Probably I didn't do it in college or high school, so I don't know what, but you had to write papers. And I don't mean like little book reports, but like big ass papers. And everything you wrote had to be a certain format. They call it the APA format, American Psychological Association. And when you start grad school, everybody buys this book. It's this little paperback book, and it's all on what this APA format is. Everything has to be so many spaces. Punctuation is blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's crazy. It's Everything has to be very specific to this format. And you have to have every paper you write in graduate school, your thesis, your dissertation, everything has to be this format. And anybody who has gone to grad school or has an advanced degree, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So most of what you do in grad school is write. You're writing papers. You're doing research. You go to the, as we say in Pittsburgh, library, and you get journals. And they would be journals, mainly psychology, criminology, criminal justice, of studies and experiments, and you cite references. That's what my dissertation is. And well, anyway, when I, okay, when I was in grad school, there was, I would say maybe 12 to 15 of us in the same, you're like in the same group, you have the same classes, so you get to know each other. I'm sure at some point we had asked other people, you know, what do you want to do with your degree? What do you want to do when you graduate what do you, you know blah 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 as you usually do and that was in 1991 so i can't remember what anybody's responses were i wanted to be a profiler this was way back when profiling was actually kind of new most people didn't know what it was a lot of people said well, what needless to say unfortunately that didn't work out 
I ended up being a probation officer. But a lot of the people, like I like I said, are older. They are already working in criminal justice. Maybe, you know, you have you have cops, you have probation or parole officers, you have people in corrections, people that work in the drug and alcohol field, and they know that if they get their master's or maybe even PhD in this field, that they will obviously get more money and they can move up. They can be the director of their drug and alcohol or um, I don't know, sex offender treatment center or whatever it is, or be a, a boss at the probation and parole office or the police chief or whatever it is. And many people use graduate degrees in criminal justice and criminology as stepping stones to move up in current jobs that they have, or they want to do research they, which was like me, I was interested in the academic side, the why, the experiments, the psychology of it. Strangely enough, I took the job at the probation office as a stepping stone job thinking, well, I'll do this until I can get my PhD and then I'll be a profiler. Thinking it was that easy, I guess it was kind of naive of me. I did eventually get my PhD, but it wasn't from the same grad school that I started. Oh, by the way, I would pretty much guarantee that of all of the people that were in my class or my group of grad school, probably zero were there to learn how to be a serial killer or even a, mur- even a criminal of any kind. Um they don't teach you that there. Here's what you learn in grad school. You learn statistics, which everybody hates. I guarantee it's everybody's least favorite class. And that would be, I can't even explain it because, well, I didn't do very good at it. Everything is research-based. You have classes on how to research things and write things. I can't even remember. I had a total of four classes and it, it's been so long ago. One, we were in like a, a, we would sit in a circle and we would talk about stuff. We had to write stuff too. And the other one was taught by a lawyer. And I can't remember. I, I'm just drawing a blank because it was so long ago. But I can guarantee that none of the classes were how to commit multiple murder. Um we're going to have a special guest, Dennis Rader, a.k.a. the BTK killer, in today to talk to you about how to commit murder. No, absolutely not. I'll tell you where you do learn how to commit crime, and that's in prison. It's sad, but it's also true that in juvenile, I guess you call it reform houses or whatever, whatever they're called, juvenile homes, in adult prisons, that's where you learn to do crime. People tend to come out of there smarter at criminal ways. You absolutely do not learn it in grad school. So I feel the need that I had to set that record straight because I hear so many people saying, oh, he was 
you know, a criminology student, he must wanted to learn how to be a killer. No, stop saying that. No, that doesn't mean that he was fascinated by this stuff. Maybe too much, but we're talking about two totally different kinds of learning. Academic learning, like I said, you learn how to write, you learn how to research, you learn how to teach. A lot of people with advanced degrees go on to be teachers, uh, you know, professors of criminology, criminal justice. As far as how to commit crimes, that's a totally different kind of learning. And that is called street smarts, street learning. That's what you learn in prison or in a juvenile facility, maybe even a drug and alcohol rehab. You absolutely do not learn that in college or graduate school. I got my PhD from a place called Southwest University, and I got it in 1998. Yeah, that, that would be right. It was in the era between, like, when the the internet was new, or it was there, but it wasn't as common as it is today. Nowadays, you can easily go to college or school of pretty much any kind that you want online. Well, this was distance education, meaning it wasn't on the internet yet. It was too early. But what you did was I paid this college, which was in Louisiana. They sent me a book, which, of course, were exorbitantly priced. And the things I studied were I took a class in corrections. I did get to pick them to some degree. They said some of them were required and some of them I could pick. I picked the corrections one. I picked um, personality disorders. One was on crime scene, like fingerprints and stuff like that, kind of like CSI stuff. Only this was before the show CSI. And they gave you your assignments. You had to type all this stuff and mail it back. And the papers that you sent back, the envelopes were like an inch thick. That's how much you wrote. It was just write, 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 and research. And then I did my dissertation. And like I said, that took me about a year. And that's they bound that in an actual book format. So, And it's about 200 pages, which I, I think is probably longer than the average dissertation. Imagine that, me doing something that's longer than average. But yeah, it's on multiple perpetrator homicides. I've probably mentioned it. And I like to focus on them when I can find them. But um, I do have some theories. And I'm I'm not going to talk about them because it would be irresponsible. You know, I mean, he hasn't gone to trial yet. I share ideas with Nathan because, well, he's there. And I talk out loud a lot. When I'm putting together a case, I practice what I'm going to say and I think aloud. And he just happened to be there. So I heard about this Koberger character was arrested and I immediately had a theory and I said it out loud to Nathan. And I mentioned Dr. Grande before, Dr. Todd Grande on YouTube. Well, it turned out he had a video out like right away. And I'm like, oh, I have to see what he says. 
He said the exact same thing that I said. That's all I'll say on that topic. So what I did, I, in case you haven't figured out, I kind of threw you a bone without like doing it outright, and I'll do another one for you. Is anybody familiar, raise your hand if you are, with the case of James Holmes? That is the guy who committed a mass shooting at the theater in Aurora, Colorado. He was, I read a really good book on him. I don't know if I'll cover him or not. He was a PhD student in neuroscience. He was brilliant. And he was extremely socially awkward and bizarre to the point where he didn't fit in. He didn't know how to act. A lot of people suggested that he might also be autistic, along with other legitimate mental illnesses. But it turns out that he always knew, he said he always knew there was something wrong with him. He wasn't right in the head. And he went to this neuroscience program in an attempt to find out what was wrong with him. He's, he's like, I know, you know, my brain's not right. I'm just not right somehow. And, and I wish I knew what was wrong with me. So maybe if I study this topic, I'll be able to figure it out. I have a hunch that a lot of people who study psychology, and yeah, okay, maybe, you know, you know maybe some of it was me, because I'm uh, there certainly are a lot of things wrong with me. I'm not going to pretend that whenever I read books about psychology or listened to, to lectures, that I wasn't looking for an answer on what explains my behavior. And sadly... <laughs> I never really found one, but people do do that. That's all I'm going to say about that. You can draw your own conclusions. But I'm working on the first case for season three. I think that Ian's are going to enjoy it or and enjoy the learning about it or the theories I'm giving you and the the psychology that I'm going to provide about this. It, it's a serial killer. So I hope this maybe answers some people's questions or or puts to rest some myths that people have or um, whatever. I hope you found it interesting. Oh, it's my birthday next Friday, the 13th. And if you'd like to give me a birthday present, you can give me a five-star review on Spotify or whatever, Apple, whatever platform you can. That really helps me a lot. Okay, so I will see you in two weeks. Class dismissed.